Welcome to Everyday Yoga, uh, the podcast that talks about using yoga philosophy in everyday life. My name is Brendan Murphy. I am the founder and director of Shanti Warrior Yoga. Um, today I wanted to talk about mudras and what mudras are. Now, I spoke about this uh, near the end of the last podcast that I did, um, but I wanted to talk to you about this a bit more uh, in depth this time because it's such a massive topic such a massive area of yoga it deserves its own podcast and uh, as far as i'm concerned um so yeah what are mudras first of all is probably the first thing to to outline well i'm looking at this uh this book mudras of india uh which inspired me to to kind of do this podcast episode and uh, this, so the book is called Mudras of India by Kane Carroll and Revital Carroll, uh, published by Singing Dragon in 2013. And uh, there's a foreword in that by Dr. David Frawley. And um, I just want to read that to you first of all, over the first little bit of it anyway. So uh, Dr. Frawley says, uh, hand mudras or hand gestures have an important role in yogic thought. So mudras are the hand shapes essentially in yoga. Um, So yeah, hand mudras or hand gestures have an important role in yogic thought and Indian culture where they have probably been explained in more detail than perhaps any other tradition. Yet this knowledge can be helpful to all of us in bringing more important, sorry, more meaning into our awareness and into our expression. The hands are the focus of most of what we do, reflecting how we relate to life and how we touch the world. When our energy is strong, clear and creative in the hands, our vitality and attention are similarly energised and directed in a positive manner. When there is no focus or attention in our hands, our lives often lack focus and proper motivation too. So that's an interesting way of 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 coming into this a nice little introduction to it so first of all mudras can be um expressions in different parts of the body um so when they uh dr frawley refers to hand mudras here that's why uh, he does that um but for the purposes of this podcast i'm just gonna use the shorthand uh forgive the pun mudras to when, when i'm talking about hand mudras right so this podcast is going to talk about mudras, the hand shapes that you'll see in yoga, but not just um, in yoga. You'll see them in um, Indian dance and, um, and, uh, and, you know, Asian martial arts um, all across uh, the continent of, of Asia. You'll find hand shapes have a big um, importance. But it's not just in Asia, is it, right? Well, because if you think about hand gesture, gestures that you use in, in, in your everyday life, um, you know, you could uh, shake a fist at somebody if you're angry with them or, or um, you know, usher them in by kind of waving your hand towards yourself if you're someone standing outside the room looking in or something. Um, or you could stick a middle finger up at somebody, right? And so, you know, I'm not suggesting you go and do that, but that suggests and and kind of um explains or illustrates the power that hand gestures have so if you don't think that hand shapes are important 
you know, stick two fingers up at somebody in the street and see what happens, right? <laughs> and I, by the way, I'm not asking you to do that. Don't do it, right? Don't be sending me a notes to saying that you, you did that in the street and you ended up in a scrap. I don't accept any responsibility for that, right? Okay, so look, hand shapes, these mudras, express an intention and a goal, an, an aspiration, if you like, right? So when you're making these hand shapes, they represent something, particularly in yoga, where you might make a hand shape that uh, um, represents the desire for more knowledge um, about yourself or the world around you. Chin mudra is the one that, that most people will know and the stereotypical hand shape that um, people might do when they say, if, if you were asking someone to, uh, in a game of charades, to 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 um, get someone to, to guess that they were... Um, the word was yoga, then you might see somebody doing the hand shape, you know, where the thumb and the first finger touches, the thumb and the index finger touches, and the other three fingers extend. That's chin mudra, but, you know, the deeper kind of meaning behind that, it's not just something that, that we do in a yoga class for, for no reason. Um, it represents the desire for knowledge, the desire for consciousness of yourself, a bit more awareness of yourself and the world around you. And I talked about that in the end of the last podcast, so I won't go too deeply into that. Now, if you want to hear more about that, you can go back and listen to the last 15 or 20 minutes or so of the the last podcast. But the point that I'm making is that these hand shapes, well, they're a language. You're, you're saying different things by making different hand shapes. And you know that if you see somebody um, in your everyday life and they're kind of balling their hands up into fists, you know, you can tell that there's there's anger or, or, or tension there, right? Or if you can see somebody, um, you know, they're, they're kind of fidgeting with their hands and maybe, you know, tapping their hands on the table or something like that, you know, wrapping their fingers in that way, you can tell that there's anxiety there, right? There's a, a, a restlessness in the mind that expresses itself through the physical body and into the fingers, right? So when you're making these hand shapes, whether it's chin mudra to symbolize the desire for for knowledge of yourself and to know yourself a bit better and the world around you a bit better, or if it's something... Um, like for instance the prayer position where you're where you're symbolizing the desire for peace and um and balance and um you know I'll explain a bit more about that later but what I'm saying is when you make these hand shapes you're expressing a desire to yourself as well as anybody else around you who can see you. And you might practice these things on your own and nobody might see it. But admitting things to yourself, first of all, is really important, right? Admitting admitting that you um, have the desire for more peace in your life or more patience or um, more awareness in, in, in how you're living. Instead of acting mindlessly, you want to be more mindful. Right, that's a big deal. Just 
admitting those things to yourself because then, well, you might then, well, you're first of all, you're facing the issue, right? You're, you're admitting that there might be an issue there. You're admitting that something might need to change for you. And that's the first step towards changing something, right? You know, when people are trying to uh, rehabilitate themselves from various different things or, you know, whether that's injury or, or, or addiction um, to, you know, the substances or, or alcohol or whatever it is, you know, the first problem or the first step rather is to admit that there's a, a problem. You know, if you keep on ignoring something and turning your back to it and running away from it, you don't resolve it. The thing just gets bigger or, or you might say the thing just roars louder at you until until you can't ignore it anymore. And then by that point, your fear, you know, there's a story um, in, in uh, I'm trying to remember, I think it's one of the, one of the Krishna stories where um, he talks, they talk about he has gone into the forest with one of his friends and, 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 you know, they're taking turns on, in, in keeping watch for, for, for wild animals in the forest while the other one sleeps. Oh, they're on a long journey and they have to stay in the forest for whatever reason. Forgive me for my, for my vagueness here, but you'll get the point that I'm trying to make, I'm sure. So uh, Krishna goes to sleep. His friend keeps watch. He goes and hears a, a, a noise in the forest as he, as he wanders off and he's walking around the perimeter. And uh, he hears this loud, loud roaring and he steps back and, and and the roaring gets louder and louder and and, and he, he runs back and he wakes Krishna up and he goes you know he tells Krishna that there's something there that, that needs to be faced and and uh, and Krishna gets up and says don't worry you know I'll keep watch you know you take some rest so the story goes that Krishna goes into the forest confronts this this beast this this monster whatever it is and the monster roars and krishna says what do you want and the monster shrinks and doesn't know kind of hasn't you know isn't feeding off the fear and the monster roars again and krishna says what do you want and the thing shrinks a little bit more and he walks closer to it and every time the monster roars for attention krishna asks what do you want and until eventually Krishna walks forward and forward and forward towards the problem, towards the monster representing the problem and suddenly realizes that this, well, the monster has got really tiny and so small that he picks it up and puts it on his pocket and goes back to the camp where his friend is. And his friend wakes up and says, I heard the roar, or is awake. And he says, I heard the roaring. Are you okay? You know, did you see the monster? And he says, what you mean this and and he picks the little thing out of his pocket and shows his friend how manageable this monster has become because he's faced it and addressed it and um so that you know there's obviously a metaphor there for the fact that when you ignore a problem when you turn your back to it and run away from it the thing feeds off your fear or or maybe you know it it it, it um, festers and, and grows um, because you haven't addressed it whereas if you address an issue you 
then start to chip away and, and, and make the problem, well, you deal with the problem bit by bit, don't you? Until it becomes manageable. And that's really the, the symbolism behind it. So that's a kind of bit of a tangent I've gone off on. But, you know, the reason why I'm, I'm telling you that story is because if you want to deal with a problem, you, you, you know, I'm sure you know, you, you already recognize that you have to face the problem and admit there is a problem, first of all. When you do that, then you can break it down into manageable chunks and just do bit by bit, you know, just just get kind of step by step closer to dealing with it. So in the mudras, the relevance to that story, to the to the use of mudras is that when you make these hand shapes, you're admitting that, that there may be an issue that you need to deal with and there is something that maybe you're lacking or that you want more of. And, you know, by the way, there's we could all be more wise. We, we could all kind of be more courageous, couldn't we? So that's really the kind of deeper meaning behind why mudras are important. You're admitting to yourself that there's something that you want to achieve, right? But it's not just these esoteric benefits that you'll get from, from doing the mudras. It's, there's, there's pragmatic reasons for doing it as well, right? And it's, you know, you can just look at it simply that your hand and wrist health, right? And, you know, working on the muscles and the tendons and the ligaments of the hands and the wrists. And, um, you know, repetitive strain injury, when you get, you know, RSI and people get RSI on their wrists or so on, um, or something like carpal tunnel syndrome, um, it's usually through doing too much of one thing over an extended period of time. That's a lot, lot of time the reasoning behind repetitive strain injury in the wrists or carpal tunnel syndrome, right? And so that can come because you spend a lot of your time on the keyboard, on your computer, at work or at home, you know, so your hands are flexed. So that if you think about the position that you have your hands in when you're at the keyboard, all right, you're, you're, you're um, extending the hands. So let me just explain a little bit about anatomical and physiological language about flexion and extension of the hands. If you have your, um, your arms hanging down, your hands hanging down by the sides of your body, so that your palms are facing in towards the body, if you bring your hands in towards your body, that is flexion. So you feel a stretch in the backs of the wrists, right? And then if you were to extend your fingers away from your body, that is extension, right? So flexion in towards the body, the fingers moving in towards the body, the fingers coming closer towards your, your forearms, the insides of your forearms and your insides of your wrists and extension is away from the body when you move, if you have your arms hanging down by the sides of the body and you move your fingers out to the side, right? So if you think about what you're doing when you're at a keyboard, you're doing this um, extension of the wrists for a lot of the time, right? You're, 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 the backs of your hands are coming towards... Um, uh, your 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 forearms, yeah? Okay, so if you're doing that all the time, you can imagine that there's a strengthening in the, in the backs of the wrists. If you were looking at the back of your hand, there's a strengthening in the wrists in that area and an overstretching and overworking and over 
um, uh, a kind of hyper mobility, if you like, in the um, the wrist uh, flexors on the ones that draw your hands in towards your body if your arms were hanging down by the sides of the body, right? So, look, don't want to get too tied down with all this technical language and I understand that you might be driving when you're doing this or or in a place where you can't be, um, you know, playing around with your hands down by the sides of your body. But what I'm saying is if you spend all of your time in, with your hands and wrists in in um, one kind of position, you should spend a little bit of time countering that in the other way. So if you're always flexing your hands uh, on a keyboard, then you should try, um, sorry, always extending the hands with your hands on the keyboard, you should try flexing. So for instance, if you're always on a keyboard, um, if you do something like the crane hand, um, which is something that's actually borrowed borrowed from kung fu if you listen to the um the kung fu and yoga podcast that i did a couple of episodes ago you'll hear this but look if you find that you're really tight in the backs of your wrists yeah if you find that that's um something that you get um for instance if you struggle um holding yourself up in a plank pose or something like that yeah so that you, when your palms are flat on the floor um you find that there's a um, maybe it's difficult because you feel it in your wrists. A way to strengthen and stretch those wrists is to do this crane hand. And again, if you're driving, of course, don't do this, right? Um, especially if you're like one of my mates, uh, you know, Paul. To be if you're driving an ambulance, they'll be doing this whenever I'm, 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 you're listening to it. If you're if that's when you're listening to it. But look, and when you get a chance, if you want to do this crane hand, you can get um the four fingers that touch the thumb. And then pull those fingers in towards your forearm. So if you were to let your arms hang down by the sides of the body, you can do it this way. Okay, then you can push the wrist down towards the floor so that your fingers are pointed behind you. Now, as I say, there's going to be a lot of kind of discussion about doing different things with your hands here. So this might be one to listen to um, whenever you have the the time and the space to, to, to do the things that I'm describing, to feel them as well. And you can look up um, these these mudras, these hand shapes online as well, um, when you're listening to this as well, and it might help you to see some pictures, right? So, as I say, it's not just about the esoteric benefits, it's not just about the, the, um, the deeper um, philosophical symbols that you're making with the hands when you're doing this there are uh practical reasons to be doing this and if you look at um orthopedic exercises for um tackling and preventing or or relieving symptoms of carpal tunnel syndrome um they're similar to the movements that you can get from mudras if you were doing say that crane hand um you know, when if you get exercises, if you ever had problems with your wrists, or or if you've just looked at stretches that you can do for your wrists and for your for your forearms as well, right? Because these wrist flexors and extensors, the the um tendons that uh, and the muscles that animate your hands and your wrists and your arms, they extend into your forearms, right? So here's something to do to kind of give you an idea about how important movement in your fingers is in terms of keeping your arms healthy as well, right? If you can 
just let your um place your place your uh right hand onto your left forearm kind of halfway down towards the elbow between the wrist and the elbow and if you move the fingers of the left hand now you can feel those wrist flexors and extenders working can't you so it gives you an idea about how important well how far the 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 connections go between the fingers the wrist extensors and flexors travel all the way down towards the belly of the muscle of the forearm and that's connected to your elbows and then you know obviously your elbow is connected to your upper arm and your shoulders and so you know you might find that issues with your shoulders can be addressed through doing things like the mudras and you know everything's connected because then the shoulders connected to your chest and your back and so on and so on right and one thing i say in my classes if you don't think that your fingers are are connected to to the rest of your body you know or, or you don't think your fingers are connected to your shoulders leave your fingers in the room when you're leaving you know it, it's it is this stuff is all connected and it's um sometimes it seems a bit fluffy and vague to say that everything's connected and just leave it at that and but you know if you if you're interested in, in knowing how these connections work go and look at the muscles and and the tendons and um the ligaments and the bones in your hand and see how that all connects into your wrists and to the rest of the body right so look let's look at the carpal tunnel syndrome and 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 see what that is right because I've, I've mentioned that and maybe you don't know what that is right carpal tunnel syndrome um on the NH the nhs website it states that uh cts so cts is sh short for carpal tunnel syndrome um cts is pressure on a nerve in your wrist it causes tingling numbness and pain in your hand and fingers and you can often treat it yourself but it can take months to get better right so if you google nhs um carpal tunnel syndrome you'll 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 find this right and so the nhs website on the section that suggests how to treat uh carpal tunnel syndrome yourself suggests um stuff like wearing a wrist splint uh stopping or cutting down on things that may be causing it things that cause you to bend your wrist or grip hard so it could be um you know the typing on the keyboard or even you know maybe more relevantly now is the uh the, the the flexion that you do in your thumbs when you're on your phone tapping and texting right um painkillers is another thing they suggest but they say that um there's little evidence that painkillers can treat the cause of carpal tunnel syndrome so be careful about using those and and then the last thing they have is hand exercises and they say there's a there's a small amount of evidence this is quoting from the website small there's a small amount of evidence to suggest hand exercises help ease the symptoms of carpal tunnel uh carpal tunnel syndrome so i mean that doesn't sound too promising does it to say that there's a small amount of evidence but look it's worth a go in that if, if there's a small chance that it's going to relieve pain or prevent you from having pain in your hands and wrists and arms and and shoulders and prevent you from having to go for surgery or to be taking painkillers right then i reckon it's it's worth a go and it works for me you know because i 
when I'm teaching my classes, we do quite, you know, quite a lot of plank poses in yoga and, and down dog poses where you're on your arms and your hands and uh, taking uh, quite a lot of weight bearing on your, on your hands and your wrists. And, um, it, you know, doing these exercises, I always uh, try and incorporate wrist exercises, flexion and extension, because it depends on what you do in your everyday life. If you spend most of your time flexing the hand one way, then you need to do some wrist extension exercises. And, and if you're always extending, you need to do some wrist flexion exercises. So what I'm saying is yoga, um, the mudras, as well as the rest of the the philosophy really is um, about balance, balancing out what you do, countering what you do maybe too much of in your everyday life so that you have stretching in the muscles that you're that you're always using and strengthening. So that you you know, you strengthen the muscles that you're always over stretching. That's what repetitive strain injury is. It's using your muscles or your body in a in a in a a repetitive way over a long period of time without moving in the, the um in the opposite way without countering that, right? It's like always eating just um you know, non fatty food, you know, if there if you had no fat in your in your diet then then, you know, that wouldn't be healthy for you. But in the same way, you know, if you're just eating fat, that's not gonna be healthy for you either, right? It's all about balance. So look, doing these hand stretches, these wrist stretches, lessens the stress and tension in my wrists and works um for people that I teach or at least for a lot of them. Right? And the mudras, the hand shapes that we use in the yoga classes are an important part of this. So I'm just trying to paint a picture for you about why these hand shapes, these mudras are important. Um, in my opinion anyway, right? Because maybe this is something that you just thought, you know, well, what what's the point in, in, in doing those silly kind of shapes with my hands? Well, you can strengthen and stretch the muscles and the tendons in, in, in your hands and your wrists and, and have stronger and more healthy, more mobile arms and therefore shoulders and therefore you know back and chest and all of that right so there you go so so hopefully that gives you an idea about what the pragmatic reasons are and of course if you're doing these exercises at home right and and, and you know and you have these you know the pain in your wrists and your hands or anywhere else you know see a gp if symptoms worsen or persist and or your home treatment, whatever you're trying to do is not working. Don't just kind of, you know, suffer. And, and again, that goes back to that story about Krishna and his mate in the forest where, um, you know, his mate just ran away from the problem and didn't address it and it got bigger. Right? That's the same thing. If you can be a bit more like Krishna in that story and, and uh, you know, address the problem, it'll get smaller and smaller the more positive action you take towards that right so if you're not feeling good go to the doctor right and that's what you got to do right so uh, you know my sister's not feeling well at the minute and and, and she uh one of my sisters uh, she, she's uh, got a bit of a chest infection and, and and then she's she's texting and saying she's gonna get up and do cleaning and cooking and washing up and you know and and you know sometimes you just got to take the rest sometimes you just got to take the rest and and sit and go 
put your feet up, have some, you know, fluids, warm fluids, get some vitamin C in with your lemon, get some, um, you know, stuff in to help you with your, with your immune system, stuff like, you know, I would say have ginger and, and, um, you know, turmeric, um, and all that stuff. But, you know, if that's not enough, if that's not making you feel better, you need to go to the doctor, right? And that's always going to be my advice. Treat yourself the way you would treat somebody else that you love. If somebody was sick and, and, and run down, um, somebody you love, and, and they started jumping up and trying to, you know, hoover the living room or something, you'd just say, look, stop it. Sit down. Put your feet up. You know, you have to address the issues. Pay attention to yourself. Yeah, and this is a lot of what the, the mudras are about. They're paying attention to... You're paying attention to what you need. You're giving yourself time to, to meditate on what it is that you need. Um, you're, you're being deliberate in your actions. You're being deliberate in how you're focusing and channeling your energy. Instead of being mindless and letting your energy just kind of fly around all over the place, um, you know, in like a scattergun approach... And the way that I like to think of it, I might have said this on one of the podcasts before, but the way that I like to think about yoga is about, it, it's like channeling your energy um, with insulating cable. So you're learning to insulate your energy and direct it towards something more constructive and productive as opposed to um, when you're not being mindful, when you're being mindless. It's like, you know, when you would have seen in the movies... Um, when an electric cable was cut and it was whipping around all over the place, you know, and causing chaos, that's kind of like that is how you are when you're when you're not paying attention to where your energy energies are going. When you sit down, um, or even standing up, whatever it is, if you're if you're directing your energies into these hand shapes, you can focus your energies and focus your attention, and you can even do it. Use these hand shapes for um really useful in really useful ways as far as I'm concerned anyway for something like say for instance if you have to go and get an injection um with the dentist or the doctor or or or, um you know have a blood sample or giving blood or something like that now I went to um get my blood tested the other day just for um just to just to see if if there's anything that I could be having more of just for nutritional reasons right so um, I um, eat a plant-based diet and um, you know I'm vegan although you know um, I think sometimes other people define veganism uh, uh, in um, other ways so let's just say I eat a plant-based diet and um, yeah uh, what I do is I um, uh, I've gone along to the doctor and said look I just want to check that I'm that I'm getting what I need to get in terms of nutrition. Um, so I've, I've been, you know, eating a vegan diet for uh, uh, about two years. And I just thought, you know what, let me just get checked out. Because it's like trying to, you know, when I was just eating everything um, as, an, as an omnivore, if you like, before I started teaching yoga, um, you know, I, I had a repertoire of things that I could cook. I wasn't a brilliant cook, but I had my stuff that I would make and... Um, uh, and you have, you know, you have your, your kind of go-to things, don't you? Meat and two veg is essentially what I was eating um, most days. Um, but then I became vegetarian and, you know, 
I had to start to learn how to cook again to get make sure I was getting the things that I wasn't getting from from you know the meat that I wasn't eating anymore um and then when I went from vegetarian to being vegan again it's like trying to learn to cook again it's it's um you just have to kind of teach yourself and so it's like I've almost only been cooking for for two years now you know um so I want to make sure that I'm balancing things out I'm paying attention to me I've gone along to the doctor to get my blood tested um waiting on the results coming back from that but the reason why I'm starting to talk to you about this is because um, I'm really not good with needles, right? And so, uh, you know, if you're like me, you need a little coping mechanism if you're going to, you know, have an injection or, or um, you know, get get a, a needle put in you for, for taking some blood or something like that, right? So what I do is I tap my thumb to each finger in turn a couple of times on the hand that's um that's free if there's you know if there's only one arm that's free and if you or if you have both hands free do it on both hands right and um there's no specific name for the mudras or I'm sure there is but I you know don't know off the top of my head the names of the mudras that I'm doing of course you know when you're touching your thumb to your uh first finger then that's chin mudra extending the other three fingers and then I'll touch the uh the thumb to the to the middle finger and extend the other three, then touch the uh the thumb to the ring finger and then to the to the little finger extending the three free fingers uh that I'm not touching the thumb to. And that takes your attention to something else so that I'm not focusing on oh my goodness, you know, I'm about to have a needle stuck in my mouth or whatever it is in the dentist, you know, or uh, a needle in my arm to get give blood so I had to use that the other day as well and you know look if I'm honest I, I um I tend to get a bit lightheaded whenever I have to um get an injection you know or, or spe- specifically have some blood taken um I tend to to get a bit lightheaded and uh, and um you know <laughs> almost feel like I'm gonna faint so it's a big deal for me to have something there to take my attention away from from what in my head is is you know an ordeal right and even though for a lot of people you might laugh and say that's ridiculous but you know you you you're a, you're we all have our little things that we struggle with and that's one of my things right so i'm just being honest with you i'm putting that out there and saying that i have used these hand shapes to help me when i have been struggling and um you know, my mum also used these hand shapes when she was suffering um, from really bad arthritis in her hands. Um, you know, so I this is a good point to talk about what arthritis is and, and the, another reason why these um, mudras can be can be um, really, really a good thing, right? So arthritis is um, inflammation in the joints. And with arthritis, if you don't move, it's painful, right? And when you, when you start to move, it can be painful. But when you get moving, it feels better, right? And uh, well, I mean, I'm saying right as if you all know, but this is what happens, right? So it's painful when you don't move. It's painful when you start to move, but it, when you get moving, it feels better because you warm the synovial fluid around the joints, right? And so on the arthritis.org blog. 
um, in, entitled How Exercise Helps Your Joints. They they explain what this is about, right? They state that the, the joint is surrounded by soft tissue called synovial membrane, which produces a fluid that acts like oil in an engine, allowing your bones to move past one another more smoothly. Physical activity encourages circulation of the fluid, right? So essentially it's like putting oil in the joint. It's like spraying some WD-40 in, 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 a, in a creaky joint on, on, a, on a door or something like that. It helps the movement, right? So, you know, as I'm saying, from my experience and from the experience of, you know, what my mum was doing when she had really bad arthritis in her hands, she would do this this tapping of the um, the thumb to each finger in turn and extend the other fingers, and that would help to relieve the the symptoms you know that were crippling for for her when 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 um when she had a a bad day with arthritis she would struggle to to open cans or 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 just to hold things and and that's debilitating and so it really you know if you haven't got problems with your hands or your wrists brilliant you know but let's try and maintain that if you have ever had problems with your hands or your wrists you'll know how much of an issue it is and by the way when I'm doing this, I'm talking to you and I'm kind of rotating my wrists and hands and it, it makes little clicks and cracks and that's okay. As long as it's not forced or painful, you know, clicking and cracking is okay, right? Usually it's it's gas releasing between the joints or or tendons flicking across bones from old injuries or whatever it is, right? But if you click when you move, so be it, right? And, that, you know, you got to think about what the alternative is, you know, what's the alternative? Not moving ever? Uh, that's not really going to work for you, is it? Okay, but look, if you do click and crack when you move and you're concerned about it, go to your doctor and get checked out, right? But a lot of the time, that clicking and cracking, if it's not forced or painful, is gas releasing between the joints or tendons flicking across bones. And I've clicked and cracked throughout my body since I was about, you know, 10 or 11. Um, so so there you go. It's just, just kind of how I'm built. Uh, and, um, you know, I want you to understand that if you're making these hand shapes and you hear sounds or if you're just rotating your wrists, it can feel nice just to kind of roll your wrists and get some movement going on there, right? You might hear clicks and cracks, but, you know, as long as you're feeling good, it doesn't matter if it sounds like it's a, it's a, it's a not a nice thing, right, does it? You know, that's focus on what the feeling is as opposed to you know what things look like so so much because otherwise you're not going to want to do these weird hand shapes right if you're worried about the superficial stuff don't worry what it looks like or sounds like it what does it feel like you know so you know the point is that over tightness and hypertension in one area of the wrist or hand can can lead to to carpal tunnel syndrome or um so it's worth playing around with these hand shapes and you might not even go, um, you know, it might not even end up being such a such an issue as, as carpal tunnel syndrome. Maybe it's just stiffness and tightness in your hands, right? So, um, you know, I was talking about, let me see, I've got one of these mudras that I want to, to talk to you about in particular. I'm just going to flick open my book again, the, the mudras of India, right? And um, so, yeah, there's, there's one, because I've been talking about... Um, in terms of when you're texting on your phone or, 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 you know, tapping with your thumb on your, on your smartphone to whatever you're doing, whatever kind of app you're using. And, um, so if you're always tapping, imagine you're holding the phone, if you're not doing it now and you're, and you're, 
you're you're tapping on the screen with that phone. That's a, uh, a flexion of your thumbs, right? Moving the thumbs in towards. If you had your, if you wanna, um, if you had your hand flat, um, with a palm up to the sky, and your fingers extended, right? If you were to move your thumb in towards your 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 palm, that's flexion of the thumb. So if you're doing that all the time with your phone, that flexion of the thumb, you want to spend some time countering that by doing some extension in the thumb, right? And I found a nice mudra in this book that um, that I wanted to share with you. And again, as I say, you know, don't be practicing these mudras with your hands if you're driving or if you're doing, you know, you're handling heavy machinery, whatever it is, you know, make sure you're, you're safe when you're doing this, right? But... Um, when you get a chance, if you can, if you want to try this, this is called. Now, let me try and get this pronunciation right. Uh, Linala Padma Mudra, and it translates um, into English apparently as "bees clinging to the lotus flower," and this is on page one three seven of this Mudras of India book, right? Um, so Linala Linala Padma Mudra, um, the technique. Well, let me see. Uh, um, the technique here says touch the tip of the little finger. So let's do it with your do it with your your um, left hand, right? And it says touch the tip of the little finger to the palm. Extend so your hands or your fingers are all out straight, palm up to the sky. Spread the fingers. Touch the tip of the little finger to the palm. Extend the thumb and the remaining fingers outward and maintain space between them. Now you'll find this ring finger is probably um, flexed in towards the palm a little bit. If you're keeping that little finger straight, you'll you'll probably struggle to extend that uh, ring finger away from the palm. Now if you're doing this, if you're anything like me, you'll feel a lot of strengthening and stretching in the palm and in the wrists and into the fingers as well and the, so um, but try extending that thumb a bit more right so you're trying to move that thumb as far away from the little finger as far away from the palm as possible and see how that feels right and i bet you you'll really feel that, that thumb starting to work now okay now release it and give your hands a little bit of a shake off Maybe you're not used to moving your thumb in that way. Give your hand a little rotation, the wrist a little bit of a rotation here. You might even want to rotate through your arm and your, your shoulder as well. And you feel that's already worked up in to the muscles in near the, um, the forearm and near the elbow as well, right? So that's a demonstration of how powerful the mudras can be. And that's a good one to do if you always, well, if you spend a lot of time flexing your finger, your thumbs, in particular, tapping on the phone. And you can look it up if you're not sure if, if the description doesn't make sense, because I know that this is uh, one of those topics that's that's hard to kind of visualize in your head. Um, but this is called Linala Padma Mudra, or the bees clinging to the lotus flower hand shape. And if you have a little look at that, you'll, you, you'll, you'll find a picture of what they're doing. And Believe me, I mean, well, if it's not difficult for you, you know, good for you, but it's very difficult for me to do that one. And I'm used to doing these hand shapes, right? So they're powerful things. You can strengthen your arms and your, your hands and your wrists 
right? Just by doing these different hand shapes, you can stop yourself from weakening into the hands and the wrists and so on, right? So we talked about arthritis. We talked about the reasons why. Uh, we talked about being able to use um, movements in the hand. If not, like, you, know, you don't need to know the names of the mudras um, to feel the benefits of it, right? Just about playing around with your hands if you want to and just, uh, you know, see what different shapes feel challenging in doing that. Um, so, yeah, if you don't want pain in your wrists and your joints or your other joints, then... Um, it's good to do this. Movement is like medicine, but of course, you know, it's like anything else as well, rest when needed. Okay, so if you need to take a rest, if you're starting to feel when you do these little things, if you're doing them with me while I'm talking, you threw them. If you need to just rest, just take a rest, right? So, talked about relieving and preventing joint pain and, and uh, relieving and preventing carpal tunnel syndrome. Focusing your mind on something constructive through making these hand shapes and and also about communicating an intention to yourself and the world around you. If you do, as I say, the chin mudra symbol, uh, the thumb and the index fingers touching, other three fingers extended, um, you know, that symbolizes, and most people will recognize that's a, a symbol of, of, of yoga. Um, and, and as I explained earlier, it's a symbol of consciousness and wanting to learn more about yourself, right? So again, think about the hand shapes that, well, if you're not convinced that um, that these hand shape, these mudras are are um, powerful, and, or or that they can convey something um, beyond yourself, and uh, or that they can change the world around you, think about hand shapes that you do um, that communicate things to people in every day, right? Shaking your fist at somebody, for example, if you're you're angry with them, um, you know that's really old fashioned. You know, and I don't remember kind of anybody ever having. Well, except in, in a comedy kind of way when they've, you know, my mum used to shake her fist and go, you know, see you, right? But anyway, so, um, or, or, you know, ushering, you know, waving someone in, you know, ushering someone in or, or you know, if you're driving your car and you kind of make a signal um, to somebody in the car park and you're saying, you know, go ahead, you can take that space or come out, I'll wait for you. Um, giving someone a thumbs up. I mean, we even have that in our texts now, don't we, in our... In our um, you know, the icons that we use, yeah, uh, uh, you know, uh, um, or sticking the middle finger up to someone, right? So, I mean, if you don't think that there's power in in, in, in hand signals, you know, go out and, and stick two fingers up to somebody and, you know, and see what kind of reaction you get. Um, if you recognize the power of these symbols, then you understand that, that, you know, what we're doing with these mudras, these hand shapes can have an impact on your life as well. Um, so yeah, as I say, if you want to know more about um, the, the symbolism and, and the gunas that, that, um, that, that are symbolized, um, uh, you know, you've got, you've got the elements of nature that are, are represented um, in the hands. If you wanted to, to, to know more about that, go back and listen to the previous podcast in the last 15 or 20 minutes when I discussed Chin Mudra there. Um, but yeah, look, as I say, when I'm talking about making these hand shapes and, 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 you know, these are symbols, say, for instance, of desiring more consciousness or more, more patience um, or more strength, you're admitting to yourself that, that maybe you could do with more of that. And 
that's a, a brave thing to do. And, and, you know, if there are other people around um, and they see you doing these handshapes, they might ask you, well, what are you doing, right? And, and you'd have to admit to them as well what you're doing, right? And But going back to the previous point, you know, admitting and, and facing up to, to, to an issue um, or, or a deficiency within yourself um, is a really an important step towards making things better for yourself to, 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 um, you know, tackling the monsters in your mind, if you like, you know, and, um, you know, I, when I was writing these notes for this podcast, what came into my mind when I was talking about, um, the difference between, um, facing a problem and, and and just trying to ignore it until it got so big and you know say for instance say for instance you're you're um uh i don't know your sink and in, in your in your bathroom starting to gurgle and and, and and make noises right and that's a good way to do it actually because it, you get you got the the sound as well so it kind of links in with the story that i was talking about with the monster you know you hear a little gurgle in your in your bathroom sink and you think oh there's a little blockage there but you know uh, i'll leave it for now because i'm tired and i don't want to you know take some time to clean out the the the, the, the pipes and the, and, the, and the drainage and or you know remove the filter and clean that out and then or you know maybe you haven't got a filter on the sink and you you need to go and buy one and you would think well, I'm too tired and I can't do it today and then you go back the next day and the gurgling gets louder because there's more stuff clogging the pipe up and you think geez I really should get a, a filter and um you know I should really uh you know buy some declogger um whatever it is that you you, you use to 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 you know unclog the pipes and but you think, but I'm too tired, and you know, can't be bothered, kind of going out and getting it, or or, or I'll do it tomorrow, and um, and then the noise and the gurgling gets louder and louder until you know the 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 sink starts to kind of overflow because it's blocked now, and you you haven't you, you can't get into the sink, and um, your bathroom's flooded eventually, right? So you can think of it that way when when you know there's an issue, something's not quite right. And you just ignore it and, and hope that it goes away. Usually those things just get, or a lot of the time at least anyway, they the things just get bigger, become more of a problem until you can't ignore them, right? And so when I was writing my notes for for this podcast, um, the thing that came into my mind was thinking about people um, coming out um, as being gay or, or, or bisexual or or feeling like they're, you know, they're in the body of a man when they feel like a woman or, or, or vice versa. And it must be, it's got to take exceptional courage to, to, to do that, you know, to come out in that way. And, um, you know, and I don't mean to equate, you know, a, a blocked sink to, to, to someone's sexuality, but, you know, that's how my mind works and make these associations. And um, I hope you appreciate what I'm trying to say here. It's It's one thing to 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 know there's an issue and face it um or to know there's an issue and just try and ignore it and, and hope that it, it goes away right um and, and by the way you know no judgment if um you know in, in terms of um people who who struggle to um admit you know uh, that they are gay or bisexual or or, or or transgender, um, 
especially if you know you feel like there's shame attached to that um you know you don't feel like you're you're going to be supported by the people you love you know i can only imagine how challenging it must be um if you think of that that you know addressing that issue um the fact that that you're pretending maybe to be heterosexual when you're not um if you think that admitting that you're not and that you're um you know lesbian gay bisexual whatever um if you think that that's going to make your life too difficult then that has to be heartbreaking right and it's gonna that's again there's gonna be some kind of point where that becomes too much maybe to deal with and something's gonna um erupt inside of you you know there's gonna be there's gonna be maybe a breaking point that you get to where um you, you know might do something that's not so good for you or for the people around you right so you know why am i talking about that the reason why i'm talking about that is because i'm talking about the courage that it takes to express yourself the way you want to express yourself right and whether that's in terms of your sexuality or whether it's in terms of um admitting that you want a job that's going to be really difficult to go for you want to have a career that's that's going to be really challenging for you to do and that very little people succeed in um it's one thing to think that in your head and and to um understand that that's something that you want and it's another thing to actually have the courage to admit it to yourself and then express it outwardly right so doing these mudras is about expressing outwardly as well as inwardly uh, uh, um that you, there is something that you would like and it kind of makes you commit to doing it a bit more you might do these handshake these mudras on your own and nobody might see them but you are meditating on it you are are mentally preparing yourself um for the challenge that you're you're accepting or or that you have no choice but to face right so that's what i'm trying to say that's the importance of, of doing these handshake it takes courage um to admit that you you need help with more to be more patient or, or more kind or, or or more courageous and when i say you need help it could be just you need the help of 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 your meditation practice or you need some space um you need people around you to give you some space or or, or some support right and we all need help with these things from time to time um whatever they are using these mudras and this meditative way this concentration of your energies this focusing on what it is that you feel that you need um helps to mentally prepare you for the challenges that you're accepting or that you have no choice but to face right so on that note um i want to talk about a couple of the mudras let's i've chosen three mudras that we can do right so um talking about strength and removing of obstacles uh well the ganesh mudra would be the one to look at so let me flick the book open at that page for the uh, ganesh mudra and ganesh is the um 
the the elephant uh, deity um, in uh, yogic philosophy in uh, Indian culture, and uh, the Ganesh mudra um, symbolizes that there are there are obstacles that need to be removed. Okay, and the technique is well, reading from page eighty eight in the um, in this book again, as I say, mudras of India. Um, it says, with the left palm facing outward and the right palm facing your chest. So you're holding your hands in front of your chest, right? You point your left palm facing outwards and the right palm facing your chest. You bend the fingers to form a hook with each hand. So you're, you're hooking your fingers together. You clasp the two hands together and pull gently to create a solid fit. Now, when you do that, you'll feel... As you pull the hands in two opposite directions, the muscles strengthening in between your shoulder blades, your chest opening a bit more, you'll feel, well, you know, when you puff your chest up and you feel proud a bit more, you're opening yourself up, right? You're kind of making yourself vulnerable in the same way as making yourself bigger, right? You're making yourself bigger, trying to, you know, stir down those those monsters and make them a bit smaller, you know? Um addressing your challenges right so and um you know in the, in the book it says the application of this this mudra can be used anytime while standing sitting or walking for a more concentrated practice sit in a comfortable position with your spine erect roll your shoulders back and down broaden your chest and back hold the mudra in front of your heart for five to twenty minutes now you don't have to do it for five to twenty minutes you can do it for how long you do it for right if you do it for a few breaths and it makes you feel better good right if you can sit and do it for a bit longer and meditate on um your determination to develop more strength your determination to remove obstacles that are in your way you know that's a good thing so you know the other one that, I, well, there's two more that I wanted to look at. Um, the other one that I wanted to look at is called um, Anjali Mudra. And by the way, when you've, let me do this. When I've described the mudras, I'm going to leave a little space for a few breaths. And then you can do that if you have a chance to, and again, as long as it's safe to do so, if you have a chance to, to do these hand shapes and take a few deep breaths, do that, right? So tell you what, let me just descri describe Ganesh Mudra to you again. And I'll leave a few breaths. And you could even hit pause on the podcast and do it for a bit longer. And then when you've had enough of that and you want to come back and, and, and listen on again, then you can hit play again, right? So Ganesh Mudra, right? Hands in front of your chest, you're in front of your heart here. With the left palm facing outward, the right palm facing your chest, bend the fingers to form a hook with each hand. Clasp the two hands together and pull gently to create a solid fit. Take some breaths. Nice big deep inhale rounds the stomach out. Nice big deep exhale releases tension.
So I'm going to then describe Anjali Mudra to you. This is the prayer um, mudra, right? And so let me just flick the book open at that page. Um, so you'll know, you'll know prayer, the prayer handshake, probably, right? It's when the palms are pressed together in front of the heart. And um, yeah, you, the description in the book, it's on page 44 in this book, says, join the hands palm to palm in front of the chest with the fingers collected and extended upwards. Um, so yeah, uh, you know the application of it is it, it's worth, there's a nice little write up on this, and I'll read this to you. Um, namaskaram to bow or salute, right? And namaste means I bow down to you. So when someone says namaste to you in a yoga class or outside of a yoga class, namaste means I bow down to you, and so it's a it's a symbol of respect, and you know you're recognizing. Um what is you know uh, the goodness within another person um because you know there's goodness within you right so bowing down to somebody um as a symbol of respect that that says that um there is goodness within all of us essentially so anyway um so used to this this prayer position is used uh, uh, um when you say namaste and that's a it's a it's a nice thing to do and so again you're recognizing um, that there is goodness within you. You're pressing those palms together as you do it. Can you, you know, so sit nice and upright when you're doing it. And, um, you know, press the hands together and let the elbows go out to the side. So you're trying to get the, to a position where your your elbows are at the same height as your wrists. Your wrists are at the same height as your elbows. So your thumbs are plugged in just below the breastplate, below the sternum. In the chest here, and um, you're trying to flatten those fingers and get them the palms and fingers as flat together as you can. And when you do that, you'll feel that it's a it's a strong position, as well as a symbol of peace, right? And the other lovely thing about this is that traditionally in yoga philosophy, the right hand side represents strength and. The left hand side represents gentleness. So when pressing those palms together equally here and not swaying off too much one to one side or the other, you're you're demonstrating the desire to, to have a balance of strength and gentleness with yourself and with the world around you. And, okay, so feel that as you lift the heart as well and pull the shoulder blades together. Okay, so I'm going to give you a few breaths here to do that. Again, you can stop the podcast, take a take a pause if you want, and do it for more than a, a few breaths if you like, and come back to it when you're ready. So inhale, you're going to round your stomach out. Inflate your belly like a balloon. Exhale, pull the belly button back in again. And repeat. Okay, so last one that I want to tell you about. It's called Fearless Heart. And I love this one, right? And this is now, it's a more complicated one. And that's why I've saved this one for last. I've done uh, 
described a few more simple ones to you first of all but this is one for you and you'll definitely not do this when you're driving you'll definitely need to to focus when you're doing this um so fearless heart it's called uh in sanskrit abhaya hardaya mudra fearless heart is is um what it translates to in english anyway right so you're gonna get your hands in front of your chest and you're gonna cross at the wrists okay and, and i'll read the description of the technique here on it's on page 36 of this book um it says raise the hands in front of the chest palms facing center cross the wrists with the backs of the hands touching right hand closest to your body palms facing to the sides so you've crossed your wrists your right hand is closer to your chest and your left and the right hand is pointing to the left the left hand is pointed over to the right the backs of the hands are touching against each other right so firmly then interlock the index middle and little fingers while connecting the tips of the thumbs and ring finger on both hands forming two rings now tell you what i'll explain that in a different way the way that works better for me right unlock your fingers if you've done that now right come back and try again right we're gonna cross so bring your hands to your heart okay you're gonna cross at your wrists so your right hand is closer to your chest and your left okay the right hand is closer to your chest than the left now your palms your fingers are pointed up into the sky and i want you now to touch your your thumbs on both hands your thumb touches the ring finger on both hands okay so the left thumb touches the the left ring finger and the right thumb touches the right ring finger okay then you're going to try interlacing so keeping the hands uh, the wrists crossed you're going to then try interlacing your your index fingers together try interlacing then your your middle fingers together and then you're trying to interlace your little fingers together and then as it says here in the application of, on, in the book in a seated meditation posture or it can just be setting up whatever it could be standing if you want hold the mudra firmly to your chest and pull down gently rooting into the base of your sternum breathe naturally and hold for five to 45 minutes now as i said you don't have to do it for that long you can do it for a few breaths do it for as long as you like till you feel the benefits of it right and so you'll really feel that you're stretching those fingers strengthening and stretching your wrists we're doing unusual movements to combat repetitive strain injury yeah in the hands and the wrists and the arms when you do this you're pulling your elbows out to the side you'll feel a big stretch onto the insides of the wrist the wrist uh flexors will be will be stretching so if you spend a lot of time on your phone you know with your thumbs flexed in that way and your hands wrapped around the phone stretching your fingers back in this way is going to be really beneficial to you okay so again i'll give you a few breaths to to practice that and enjoy it right so on your inhale it's a nice big deep breath in round your stomach like a balloon exhaling draw your belly button back in towards the spine lift your chest as you do that and repeat for as many breaths as you like.
Okay, so that's about it for this one, right? Hopefully you've enjoyed this. Hopefully you've found it meaningful, helpful in some way. Um, if you have, you can do me a big favor by um, helping me out to help the, the podcast grow and to, to make it something that's um, as much, uh, of course, it's intellectually rewarding and, and stimulating and uh, and I love doing this, right? But it would be amazing if it could be financially rewarding as well. Um, again, I take a bit of time to do these for you. Um, I'm trying to do it every week for you. If I don't record one every week, it doesn't mean I'm not writing notes and 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 putting effort into it, right? So, if you appreciate that and you think, well, that's worth the price of a of a of a cup of coffee, uh, once a month, then you can. You can do that. You can go to the, the, the website, patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N, patreon.com forward slash everyday yoga. If you go along there, you can, you know, donate $5 a month. It's in dollars because it's an American website. But it seems to be the best. Um, it's, it's like a, it's a crowdfunding um, uh, program. It's a crowdfunding kind of um, model. Uh, that that um a lot of people use for podcasts. So I'm hoping that that this will take off and uh, and um that it's something that 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 can help me, um. And what I'm doing too, and then if I'm helping you, then hopefully you won't mind helping me. And if you you don't want to 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 give money or you can't afford to, you know that's fine. But you could go and um click um subscribe on the podcast if you haven't done that already. You could share the podcast with with uh, at least one other friend or stick it on your social media um, pages. Um, and, you know, hopefully if you're finding this meaningful and helpful, then if you share it with other people, then you'll help other people that you care about as well. Yeah. All right. Great stuff. So thank you so much for for um, for listening. I hope you've enjoyed it. Again, uh, my name's Brendan Murphy, and I am the founder and director of Shanti Warrior Yoga. You can go and find uh, me on the social medias online. Um, but yeah, let's, let's uh, close it off as I always try and close it off um, with kind thoughts, kind words, and kind actions. Make sure that you're applying those things to yourself as well as to others. Namaste.